Today on the Daily Scoop podcast from the Scoop News Group, the outgoing deputy federal CIO on what she likes in the team around her. They're builders, right? I'm a builder. I'm in the construction building. You want me to build something and go somewhere and go do a thing? Great. If it's status quo, I'm not so good at that. And Maria Roth's vision for the future centers on data. Thinking about it not as a, a hard shell, that that train left the station a long time ago, several years back, a long time ago. And, and really thinking about the data, who has access to the data, and managing from that level. So you're going that shift is going to continue to happen over the next several years. It's Friday, March 25th, 2022. Welcome to the Daily Scoop podcast. Every afternoon, you'll learn what's going on today in government. I'm the host of the Daily Scoop podcast, Francis Rose. IT leaders from CISA and HHS will headline the Government Innovation Strategy and Technology Conference. It's happening May 19th at the International Spy Museum in downtown D.C. You can find a link to learn more in today's show notes, thedailyscooppodcast.com. The Deputy Chief Information Officer of the United States, Maria Rote, will retire this coming Thursday. She's capping a long career of federal service that's taken her all over the government. Afsia Bethesda paid tribute to her this week at an event I had the privilege to host. In this highlight of that conversation, she told me about the job before her current job when she became the chief information officer at the Small Business Administration. I wasn't looking for a job. I was pretty happy at DOT, by the way. Um, but somebody got a hold of my resume. I don't know where. And they were like, we need you over here. So I went over there. Um, you know, you don't know what you get into. You have a sense of it. Um, uh, you know, what the environment is, talking to people. And Margie Graves told me not to take the job. Um, <laughs> I will tell you that. Um, but walking in there, you know, my first day that weekend prior, they had water coming into the um, into the data center, the on-prem data center. They had water coming in. So my job was a Monday, and that prior Saturday, Sunday, they had water coming in. My first weekend on the job, I think I talked to you about two weeks later. Yep. Um, my first weekend, so I was there five days. My first weekend, it was 120 degrees in the data center. They had problems with the, the air handlers. Um, and then I think I was like seven work days in, and some woman came in and screamed at me because they had done a cloud migration, and they just did a quick... Uh, they they, they did a cloud migration of all their email. They moved it to the cloud, you know, into Microsoft. But there was a lot of things that didn't happen. And this woman came in. I think I was there seven days, seven work days. And she was screaming in my office because she couldn't find her mail. I was like, okay, here we go. Um, and I'll tell you, you know, I asked for network diagrams. People were complaining about service. I asked for network diagrams. Well, we only have this one. We don't have all of that. Okay, my background's network engineering i've built networks i'm going to ask those questions and mm -hmm. and doug and that's kind of my first couple of weeks yeah was, uh, was a joy but you know what having the opportunity to take an organization like that and going okay we're going to do something here um and and i'll tell you what bringing in uh, you know all the folks that i worked with at sba and i was able to hire I, these were not people that that i'd worked with before they were all brand new people I'd interviewed and said, yep, watch on my bus, come on in and having the ability. Because we were down, you know, more than 30% in, in staff and having the ability to bring in, hire people and build a team was just phenomenal. And, and just say, here's the vision and let's go. So one of the most fun programs that I did at Government Matters was to come over and we did inside the SBA. Oh, that was a blast. And we did, and it was you, and your deputy, and CTO, and CISO. CISO. 
And in hindsight, it was like a dream team. Like I didn't know then what I was doing really, because it was you, mm -hmm. now deputy CIO. Guy Cavallo was yes. your deputy, who's yes. the CIO at OPM. Yep. Uh, Sanjay Gupta just left SBA. He was the CTO there. And he's now at one of the, we went to the one of the bureaus of justice as yep, the CIO, the CIO job. Um, working with Melinda Rogers and her team. And uh, Nagesh Rao is now CIO. bureau CIO at the Commerce Department. Um, and Andre Mendez just loves him, CIO. And, and you got Melvin. And Melvin is, Melvin is with picked up a deputy CIO with job. guy at OPM. He picked up his SES. So if you didn't know any of those people. How, what did you identify in each of them, either as a group or individually, that made you think, okay, this is somebody that can contribute to my team, and did you see things in them that led you to think, yes, and this person can also go other places if he uh, wants to? Yeah, you know, um, so I, you know, I had known of Guy Cavallo through like the CTO network. I really hadn't worked with him. I just kind of knew him from there. And he went through the interview process for the job. Um, Melvin Brown, I had worked with at USCIS probably going back well over a decade when I was there, I think in 2006. But, you know, you cross paths. Everybody knows this. But he, we hadn't worked together again. Um, but, you know, somebody like Melvin, I saw his resume, and I knew he had gone through the CDP program, Career Development Program for SES. But I looked at his resume. I'm like, oh, my God, Melvin, you've got a hole in your resume here. I have a gap over here. I know you don't know this job, but I'm going to hire you anyway, and you're going to go figure it out. Right, so I hired him for that. Um, Nagash, just the pure energy um, that he brought, and and when you think about these folks like uh, Bo Hauser and um, and even James Saunders, right? He got his SES. Um, they they they're builders, right? I'm a builder. I'm in the construction building. You want me to build something and go somewhere and go do a thing? Great. If it's status quo, I'm not so good at that, right? I'm going to build it. But looking for people that wanted to be on the bus, wanted to be in an organization that's turning around, to really be on the forefront to say, we're not going to take big baby steps. We're going to take some very big steps. And they got it. And, and this is really where the, the passion I saw in them and the energy. And that's, you know, you, in looking for those folks, it's like, all right, they're with me on this, on this journey mm -hmm. and uh, on this bus. And uh, it was just amazing to see because I just tell them, go. I said, I don't look good in an orange jumpsuit. Many of you heard me say that before. I don't look good. Anything outside of that, let's go. Let's try it. Uh -huh. and, and we kicked the tires on a lot of things, um, including CDM and TIC and you know, um, you know, really rethinking a lot of that. Uh, and it was just phenomenal to see the team do what they did. Um, you know, moving to the cloud, getting out of the data center, um, you know, really thinking about SBAs and enterprise, right? Because I always said, you know, we got, we got all these programs and it looks like everybody collects the same data. Can you guys figure out, you know, what's going on? And it turns out 18 counseling programs and more than 85% of the data elements are the same, yet we don't, we couldn't see the life cycle of a customer, right? Okay. You know, I, you hire somebody who knows that and could figure it out and say, this is really cool. Look what we can do. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that was part of it. People with the energy and the passion and, and saying, cool, look what we can do. And I know you well enough to know that as you interviewed those people, you told them exactly what they were walking into. Oh, but yeah. They knew oh, yeah, that I this was a real fixer-upper. Yeah. Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're putting up, a, a, you know, definitely a house and, you know, the foundation was... Uh, 
definitely correct. So you're at SBA, and I imagine you hear from Suzette to go to OMB. What attracted you to that from what you were doing? Because I know you really loved what you're doing at SBA. Oh yeah, I was having a I was having a blast over there. You know, um, Suzette convinced me <laughs> uh, to come up. To, I mean, I had to apply for the job and sure. go through all the interviews and 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 went through all of that process. But um, I guess for me, it was oh. Wow, I never thought I would do that. So I think that's what really attracted me to the job. It was like, oh, okay, I never thought I could do it, but okay, that sounds kind of cool. Well, well, okay, why not? How has it been different <laughs> from what you expected it to be your first day on the job? You know, it was, uh, you know, I'd worked with OMB a lot, right? I knew the desk officers, I'd built relationships with them, and I knew some of the work they did. But coming in, it was really learning how the sausage was made uh, at OMB on the budget and the management side, and really how policy gets out and the executive orders. You know, I knew a lot of that already working with the council, but not all of the pieces of the sausage. So I think it was a, a little bit of a learning curve for me, which was great, learning how the sausage is made, how the budget cycles. So I've been through a couple of budget cycles now. Everybody keeps saying what we've done the last couple of years is not normal um, because things are late and, and all of that. But still learning um, just that whole cycle. And, you know, and then, you know, from an OMB perspective, OMB thinks they're the center of the universe, right? But I've been at the agencies all the time. And, you know, it's all about the agency mission when you're at the agency and it's OMB who? <laughs> so for me, it was also bringing some of that perspective from the agency and saying, you're really not going to do another data call for the CIOs, are you really? <laughs> Is it hard to be in that spot as a builder and not have your hands on building something? Or do you have the benefit of being able to help everybody on the CIO council build? Or how does that look so, like in an OMB well, you know what, I, uh, I really came in, uh, you know, once I got the job and I thought, oh, guess what, there's a couple things I can do, mm. right? And that's, that's where my head was. Oh, there's some stuff I can do and I can really move the needle on some things. So I was very focused on getting interagency collaboration off the ground. I knew having agencies that were more than 95% in, in, you know, Microsoft to start with, how about federating and turning all that up and getting everybody on Teams and chat and all that, right? So, you know, fast forward, we did a pilot with the CIO council, right? Pull that lever, get the CIO council to do it, now make it a thing. Guess what? It's a thing now, right? It's executing and turning it up, and agencies are starting to chat and share calendars and all that stuff with each other. Yay! Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> so there's one thing. So that's the building thing. Okay, right? cool. Yet the, and it was not a technical challenge. It was all the, well, we can't do it because of records. Oh, we can't do it because of privacy. Oh, we can't do it because of this regulation and that. Blew through that because I said, why not? Why can't we do it? Show me. Why can't we do this with records? Turns out NARA already has a guidance on records for collaboration and just needed updated. Great. Check that. Get that one out of the way and keep moving. The second thing was around um, getting a standard taxonomy. I was a big, uh, I was sold on the, the TBM technology business management, the taxonomy. Um, at SBA, I had four years of data. I was already building out the models and I was actually using it for looking at forecasting and benchmarking. 
right? I went, oh, how cool would this be if, okay, here we go again, my thinking. How cool would this be if we could do this for the entire federal government? Okay, guess what? I'm going to OMB, and what do I have to do? It's been in the 23 guidance. It's going in the 24 guidance um, for starting to standardize across the board because if you start standardizing um, all of the data from that taxonomy and you start benchmarking, you start forecasting with all the challenges we have with one-year budget cycles, talk about getting some insight across the entire federal enterprise on that. So those were like two things that, you know, for me on the construction side, the builder side, that I that I kind of brought with me and I said, okay, here's a couple things that I'm going to focus on. A highlight of my conversation with Deputy Federal CIO Maria Rote at an FCA Bethesda event Tuesday. More from that in a moment. I'm Francis Rose, the host of the Daily Scoop podcast. Coming on Monday's show, the Chief Information Officer at the Education Department, Jason Gray. The biggest problem he's wrestling with is not an IT problem. That show debuts Monday afternoon at fedscoop.com and wherever you get your shows. Another highlight now of my conversation with Deputy Federal CIO Maria wrote, in this highlight, I asked her what she thinks the most satisfying thing has been about her career. You know what? It's the people, seeing them succeed, you know, Nagash, and, and even, you know, even if it's not people getting their SES, it's doing whatever they want to do, whatever their passion is. Letting, seeing them be happy in their jobs, enjoying what they're doing. I mean, years ago, I had a Marine, um, former Marine who was working in my office. This was when I was DHS at Chief of Staff. He was doing HR work, but he was a comms guy. He was a comms guy. And he was totally lost and failing miserably at doing HR paperwork. No surprise there, right? <laughs> but but helping him, he was a, I don't know, GS-12 or something like that. But helping him, it took about six months to find him a position. But I said, I will help you find a position where you're going to be happy and go back to doing comms work. That, I think, is 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 how you give back and help people succeed. Okay. I'm gonna, I wrote down a couple of the terms concepts and so on that we've talked about in the course of this. I want to put them out there and I want to ask you what you think they should look like if they evolve well over the next two, three, five years, okay? Okay. Um, TBM is one because in the years I've been covering the government, if something, if I don't hear about something for a while, either it's become so ingrained in people's operations that it's not necessary to talk about it anymore, or it's been forgotten. And TBM is one of those. So when you mentioned it, I perked my ears up. Yeah, so that started, you know, a few years ago. It was in some of the OMB memorandum. It's just been kind of trucking along. Um, but when I look out over the next few years, right, I've already impacted the 22, now the 23, and now the 24 budget cycle for making a shift for the federal government around that taxonomy and really getting to true IT portfolio management, not capital planning with major investments only, getting to look at the entire portfolio of an agency and what that IT spend is, and then looking at that for the entire federal government, not just major investments and monies being, you know, off to the side somewhere else, but really being able to, in the next several years, really have a picture of what the entire IT spend is for the federal government. That's what I think the long term is, but it starts with getting, building up, this is a multi-year project, I got it, and it's going to take time, but um, we've laid out a plan and how to execute it, and then over the next several years, 
I think key to that is communication, working with the budget folks, the CFOs and others, you know, at the agency level. The, some of the CFOs get it. They got it. But the... Um, uh, within OMB on the budget side, I'm thinking, holy cow, in about three years, the amount of data and what you can do and start doing forecasting and seeing the entire spend of the federal government where the money's going, wow. What would be the event or chain of events that would happen that that momentum potentially could be lost? What should agencies guard against to make sure that doesn't happen? Well, I think from OMB's perspective, continuing to put the guidance in the A11 and continuing to update that, right? So we're already, we've already updated, like I said, 22 is, you know, that train left the station, 23 is already moving, and then 24, we've already written the guidance for FY24. So we're in actual year 22 now and then moving out. So. Yeah, and then when you look, you know, six months from now, uh, later in the calendar year, the team's already going to be working on the 25 cycle, and they know what needs to go in that. Um, tick. I teased Karen Evans not too long ago. We said, remember when you tried to say the government should only connect to the internet 50 places? Remember that? Yeah, a long time ago. Yeah, a long time. She laughed. She got a little red face, and she laughed, but it's, it's not... Her fault, that's where we were in the mid-2000s, right. Right? right? But what does tick look like in three to five years, given the cloud and given all of the security concerns that we have now that we well, didn't have then and maybe should have and yeah, all of that? Well, I mean, given all the zero trust and all the mm -hmm. work going on right now around zero trust and how people are, you know, uh, it, it's... It, Securing the data, right? Thinking about it not as a, a hard shell. That that train left the station a long time ago, several years back, long time ago, and and really thinking about the data, who has access to the data, and managing from that level. So you're going that shift is going to continue to happen over the next several years. All right, I'm doing exactly what I said at the beginning of this. I wasn't going to do, which is just hog all the time. The microphone is here, so if you want to ask questions, invite you to come up, and I have a couple more terms here and then I want to hear from all of you. Um, I wrote down zero trust. You just kind of talked about zero trust. Is there anything else you want to add to what zero trust might look like moving no, forward? No, not really. I mean, we've been talking about that for a while. We know about the executive yeah. order, all the guidance coming out and all of that. The only other one I wrote down was CDM. Oh. <laughs> all right. <laughs> you know, I think, you know, for the federal government around, you know, CDM, um, I did I did global enterprise management in the 90s, collecting data. Think about that, right? And here's CDM now in the maturity of it. I think there's just a huge opportunity for more cloud-based tools, bringing in AI, the capabilities around that. There's just a huge opportunity to do more. And you don't have to collect the data and build some huge data lake, access the data where it is with the agencies, let them collect the data and access it, and then build your dashboards from there. All right, um, I know I didn't ask all the good questions. I'm not that smart. You got one, Jonathan? Oh, my partner in crime. Step Jonathan. right up. <laughs> yeah, just flick the switch right there and go for it. Cool. You hear me now? You good? Okay. So thank you so much. Yes, partner in crime. I had a chance to, to lead ELC with Maria and see her in action every day. And there's no secret sauce to Maria's <laughs> success. It's just hard work, doggedness, and raise your arm and go. Um, but I would love to hear your thoughts to the next generation of public and private leadership, right? Is some advice to people uh, you would offer in, in looking back at your career that got you where you are? I think it's... Um um, uh, getting to yes, get to yes, 
yes and, right? Yes, why asking questions, why not? Continuing to do that and bust your bust through bureaucracy. I know the private sector as well as the public sector had bureaucracy up the wazoo, but continuing to push through that. And, and I think also, if anybody's ever read my email signature line, right, um, it's about, you know, uh, having a good time. You know, the quote from E.B. White, um, have a good time, because uh, in every job I've had, I've made sure that you have fun along the way and keep the perspective. So I think that's something else I would share, is keep that perspective. Because if you're not having fun, just move on. Move on and find, find another seat on a different bus, maybe. This may be the most patronizing question I've asked all day. Uh -oh. As I think through your, no, that's good. <laughs> that's good. As I, as I think through that, that resume, it all makes sense, you know, it all seems like a logical progression. Was it strategic or were you just kind of looking at opportunities as they present? You said the one, you wanted to move from 15 to SES, so that was Yeah, I, I, my whole career I've probably applied for five jobs or less. Yeah. I've just kind of fallen into things or somebody has said, hey, you'd be good for this because mm -hmm. I was busy doing a thing and somebody said, hey, that's how I ended up at SBA yeah. and elsewhere. Yep. Great. Hi. Hello, I'm Mark Tanner with the General Dynamics Information Technology. Uh, I'm a former government, former FBI, former deputy CIO at FBI, and I, I gained a lot from engaging with industry. I find it now being on the other side that it's difficult to get audience with, with government professionals, be, whether they be senior leaders or mid-level management, and there's a reluctance on their part to talk to industry because of some perceptions that it's procurement sensitive. I'd like to just get your perspective on what could be done to make them, I know in the FAR it's actually allowed and encouraged to engage with industry up until procurement is uh, in effect. So what can be done to convince them that, you know, that's okay? Um, you know, I, I know that I've met with industry a lot, many, some, a lot of you here, you know, just talking to industry. I learn about as much as I can, you know, ask questions because, you know, as a CIO or as a CTO, I always wanted to learn, right? But how do you, we need to move past the perception is really my point because you can meet with industry. Right? You can have meetings because a lot of times it's information and fact-finding. It doesn't mean I'm going to buy something. Laura's over there watching to see how far I'm going to go right now. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, I've met with industry before because I want to learn, right? And how else am I going to learn? I need to ask questions. I may not, I'm, I'm not there looking for a contract. It's all above board, but trying to understand capabilities because all of you, many of you here, you know, you all, you bring different things to the table, and I want to understand because if if I'm going to go out with some proposal or put out something out on the street, I want to be smart about it so that, that you're not coming back either and saying, what are they thinking, right? So that at least I've thought through it. But to address that perception, um, I... I don't know how to do that um, and how to address that perception. I know how I've approached it. Um, others who are smarter than me might have some good ideas. But you're right, you can meet with industry and you can have conversations. The Deputy Federal CIO Maria wrote at an FCA Bethesda event this week to mark her retirement from the federal government next Thursday. My great thanks to the team at FCA Bethesda for inviting me to host that conversation. The Daily Scoop podcast is available on all the podcast platforms. If you've already rated the show on your platform of choice, thanks for doing that. High ratings and good reviews of the show 
help more people find it. The Daily Scoop podcast is a production of the Scoop News Group in Washington, D.C. James Mahoney helps me put it together every day, and the entire Scoop News Group team contributes. The Education CIO, Jason Gray, is on Monday's Daily Scoop podcast. Until then, I'm Francis Rose. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.